like I said earlier, like the hope that you heard from the first record, definitely not nowhere to be found on the second record. Yeah. And like it might have if that might have like made a few people a little bit like, you know, their ears perk up and be like, What what is this? Yeah. Um, this wasn't what I was expecting. You're listening to It's All Dead, a podcast about the music we love and why we love it. I'm Kyle Hawk. Welcome to It's All Dead. I'm Kyle Hawk, editor-in-chief at itsalldead.com, a website about music. And we have this podcast, which is also about music. This is your first time joining us. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, you can check out all of our past episodes and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. Uh, if you join us every episode, well, welcome back. We're glad to have you. Um, and if you do listen to us regularly, you know that on the past couple uh, shows, I've been teasing an upcoming episode that I was really excited about. And here we are. This is that episode. We are finally here. Um, back in September, we did a reflective feature on Seosin's In Search of Solid Ground, uh, because when albums turn 10 years old, we like to write about them. And Seosin is obviously, uh, if you listen to our show or come to our site, they're one of my favorite bands. Um, and I was really excited to write that feature because I have such an interesting relationship with it. Um, the band's 2006 self-titled album, the first to feature uh, vocalist Cove Reaper, is the most important album to me uh, in my life. I, I wrote about that three years ago when that album turned 10. Um, but that it's a very, very important album to me for all kinds of reasons. And really kind of, um, I don't know, helped change the way that I that I listen to music. And, I, you know, I, I could talk about that album for the next hour here, but I won't. But all that to say that in 2009, it had been three years since that album come out. And at the time, it felt like a very, very long time to, to wait for new music from a band that you love so much. And when In Search of Solid Ground came out, it felt like such, uh, such a shift um, from what the self-titled offered, both thematically and sonically. It's just a completely different experience. And the band worked with uh, multiple different producers on it. Um, it's got such a variance in sound. It's hard, it's hard to peg it as one specific genre. And so it took a while, I think, for me and a, and a lot of fans of Seosin to really understand how to place it. And of course, within a year, uh, Cove Reaper was out of the band, and the band went on a basically a seven-year hiatus until um, their original vocalist, Anthony Green, returned uh, in the album the uh, band put out, Along the Shadow, uh, three years ago. But so with this album turning 10, I found it really interesting to revisit it. And I, I remembered a lot of the things that I loved about this album. And I felt like I was able to hear it a little bit differently. And so one of the things I noticed is uh, around the time the album was turning 10, uh, Cove was sharing on social media a lot of the stories that people had been sharing with him about how much this album had meant to him. And so I reached out and, uh, you know, asked if he would be interested in, in talking about uh, the anniversary of this album. And obviously, Cove is in a, a new band now called Dead American, which put out um, their debut EP last year called The Shape of Punk is Dumb. They're recording new music now. Uh, they're on the road and doing stuff. I didn't know if he'd be interested in going back and revisiting this album, but uh, to my surprise, he said that he would be. Um, and so we took some time to kind of work out the interview and set up a time. And uh, we had a chance to talk for 45 minutes, really. Uh, Cove was very generous with his time and uh, really willing to kind of go behind the scenes with us on 
what was happening as the band made this album and, and why it sounds the way it does, why it feels the way it does, and, and what Cove was going through as a, as a vocalist and a, a human being at the time. Um, th- there's no secret that Seosin has certainly had their turmoil, and this is a period in which turmoil, I think, was, was prevalent for the band, and you'll hear Cove hint at some of that and, and even share a little bit about what that, that was like for him. But overall, the, the story I got out of here is how he was able to articulate what he was feeling at the time, what he was going through at the time through this album and how satisfying it is 10 years later that people still uh, connect with it and that it still resonates with people. And I, I think you're really going to, if you're a fan of Seosin, um, if you enjoy the the work that Cove did with this band, I think you're really going to enjoy this interview because I, I haven't seen a lot of places where he's kind of gone back and talked specifically about In Search of Solid Ground. So if this is an album that interests you, I think you're going to find a lot to love in this interview. So without further ado, let's jump in. Uh, this is Cove Reber. Uh, vocalist of Dead American, former singer of Seosin, talking about uh, his current band, Dead American, and his experience 10 years ago in creating In Search of Solid Ground. All right. We, I am uh, very excited to welcome Cove Reber onto the podcast. He is the lead singer of a band called Dead American, uh, which just last year put out their debut EP, The Shape of Punk is Dumb. He is, of course, uh, the former lead singer of Seosin, who is celebrating the 10th anniversary of their album In Search of Solid Ground. Uh, really excited uh, that Cove would take the time to talk with us today. Cove, welcome. Thank you for joining. How's it going? Doing well. Um, like I mentioned, uh, Dead American, you guys just celebrated the one-year uh, release of uh, your, your debut EP. Talk a little bit uh, about the past year and what that has, has meant for the band. I mean, it's meant, it's, honestly, it's meant the meant the world to me personally i know for uh for chad and i we've we've been you know we held on to the that the songs that that made it to that ep for like two years before we even released it so in in the in this short year you know with what we've done we got to tour with bear Tooth, which was insane um got to meet a bunch of new bands that that uh I didn't really know existed you know like took a long a long time uh, I spent a long time not listening to heavy music yeah and so to be back, kind of like back in the scene it was it was really cool to like you know our our first show on our first tour ever was with uh, a band called Currents and you know we got to, we got to play I think four shows with those guys and it's just like the, the it, my like faith in in the heavier sound of of, uh, of music is has definitely been restored this year. So, um, yeah. been good. You know, the the music seems to be hitting with people, and and some songs that we didn't expect to to be fan favorites are, are now you know fan favorites, and it, it's, it's cool. It's cool to be back, man. Yeah, you mentioned that uh, you've been touring. You've it seems like you're constantly announcing new shows. At least as we've kind of headed into the uh, end of summer here, you dropped a new track called "Wandering" at the end of August. Is there more new music in the works for you guys right now? Yeah, so we have um, we have another song that's being mixed and, and mastered right now, and uh, that should come out within the next month. We actually played it live in Anaheim. This past week, nice. Um, which we came as Romans, 
we got to we got to play that song live and it, it was it was a lot of fun um that should be coming out in the next month and then right now our our kind of tentative game plan is to is to record a record in december and january so we're in full writing mode right now we've got a stupid amount of songs that we're that we're you know filtering through and um as we continue to write as well so yeah that's really exciting to hear and obviously you know this is uh this is something that there was a lot of fans that had kind of been waiting uh for this to happen and now it uh, you know it's kind of fully come to fruition what's been the best part for you in terms of being back on the road playing shows and and what made now the right time for dead american i, I don't i don't necessarily know like that we chose you know this as the right time like it just got to the point where you know where we were at in life as far as chad and i it was just like well, let's just let's just put it out you know like yeah. What's the worst? What's the worst that can happen? You know, like, you know, we're doing it ourselves. We funded ourselves. We've, we've we've come this far ourselves. Let's just let's just put it out. You know, um, I I think I, I don't think it was until we were out and on the road with Beartooth or on that Beartooth tour that that like it kind of all it kind of all like came together as far as all right. I'm glad we put it out, you know, I'm glad we waited because, you know, like this, had we done this a year and a half ago, who knows if if we would have had this opportunity, Mm. you know? Um, And not only that, but like on that Beartooth tour, a lot of, uh, just even before we got out there, you know, like, like I hadn't toured in seven years, almost eight years. Right. Something stupid just a really long time. And when we got out there, it was like, like, like it didn't feel unfamiliar. Yeah. But what was, what was unfamiliar and had become unfamiliar over time was like, just the impact, the impact that, that I had made on the genre or even like the scene in which like, like, you know, like Beartooth and, (laughs) And Mice and Men and like their fans, like it tripped me out. Like every single night I would stay on stage because I hadn't, I have Jordan song. Like, hey, I used to be in, in Seosin and, and, you know, I, that's why you're all looking at me like, like idiots, you know, <laughs> like you're just like staring at me funny, like my fly is down, you know, like I get, like that's why, you know, and yeah. seeing the light bulbs seeing like all the light bulbs go off was like it was really it was really interesting you know like i guess i forgot like what it was like to you know (laughs) to uh like feel that energy so it was that 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 coming back was just like very meaningful to me you know like all this all the stories that everybody shared with me um on that tour you know even even from the guys the guys in the bands that we were playing with, you know, like with them sharing their stories with me and it, it made me, it made me appreciate all of the, the hard work and energy that I threw into the records I, I made with Seos and, you know, so yeah. it was cool. It was cool to get back out and, and to feel that again. And, and, uh, to the people who knew who we were when we showed up, like, like those people, those people kind of tripped me out the hardest, you know, like it's, uh, 
I have a I have a lot of respect for for people who kind of like feel the way that I do because I, I don't think you you would you would necessarily listen or t- want to come out to see me play those songs like if you didn't kind of vibe the same way that I I do <laughs> yeah based off of those songs but like it's cool it's yeah cool to be back well that's a that's a cool, really cool to see the genre doing so well so yeah and that that's a great segue in terms of just talking about making an impact because. Again, I had originally reached out to talk about, you know, the uh, 10-year anniversary of uh, In Search of Solid Ground, uh, which came out 10 years ago back in September. And you had been sharing a lot of, I guess, the positive messages and responses that fans um, had been sharing on, on your Instagram. Were you surprised by just the abundance of, of, of responses that you saw around that time? I guess a little bit, you know, like, I think with, with In Search of Solid Ground, it was one of those records that, like, potentially took people a little bit longer to appreciate. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, like, like I'm gonna be honest, you know, you know, anybody who listens, <laughs> anybody who listens to this is probably gonna be like, like mad, like talking mad crap against me, <laughs> things. But like, one of my favorite bands of all time, and that's not just a setup to like, you know, try to earn back some points. Yeah, but. Bryce put out VSU, and I did not get it at all. Like, the shift in music to, like, from artist to that, like, it didn't make, make any sense to me. And it took me, like, honestly, it took me, like, a year and a half mm. for, for me to actually, like, understand what they were doing and how insanely amazing it was. But it was just one of those records that took me some time. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's kind of, that's kind of how In Search was, you know. In Search was, was everything that the first record was not, you know. Mm-hmm. And I knew that going into it. And it was, it was probably like the most draining record for me, or, you know, even so, like songs on that record. Like it was just draining. Everything about it was just draining to me. So I feel like, Coming from such a young mindset on the first record, it might have been hard for people to be like, hey, what is this other side? <laughs> yeah. You know, where, where is this coming from? What, what's, what's going on? Um, but yeah, like, I, 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 I could see how people could relate to it in, you know, in the moment that we put it out. But I could also see it being one of those records that like, just grows on people the more you listen to it. Yeah, I definitely think that's the case. It's not really that, like, shocking to me. I mean, it's just, you know, hearing... I've heard so many stories about the first record. I haven't heard as many stories from the second record. So that that part of it was was really cool. Yeah. And and actually kind of, like, made me appreciate those those songs even more. Well, take me back for a minute to the genesis of, of In Search of Solid Ground, because... One of the things I was thinking about at at the time, it was so funny to think about me 10 years ago, but it's like everybody was in those like two-year album cycle churns that the idea of this band I love going three years putting out an album felt like an eternity at the time. But the fact of the matter is you guys were able to tour successfully off the self-titled for you know two years plus, which is a really big accomplishment. At what point during that cycle did you even start to think about what you were going to do next? You know, I, I think... So we didn't really start thinking. We all we knew was was that we we were going to end the cycle, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like okay, as soon as we knew when, 
that was going to happen. It was like, okay, what are we, what, what's our, what's our plan? And I mean, when you do what we did and tour for as long as we did on that first record, like all you want to do is just take a break, mm-hmm. you know? So I think everybody was still kind of thinking about what they wanted to do or, or you know, as far as Bo, Bo probably had a few, more than a few songs. Chris probably had more than a few song ideas like floating around. Like we didn't ever really stop writing. It was just, you know, let's, let's take a break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's, uh, let's, let's not think about music for, for a hot second and live life again. Um, but it wasn't, you know, we had, we had a, a few talks on the last tour that, that we did before coming back home, you know, to write. Well, you, you mentioned, uh, obviously for a lot of fans, the album took a while to grow and it is a very different album than the self-titled is that something when you started to write or started coming back from that break did you set out to do something a little bit different what were some of those initial conversations like as you discussed and started creating what would be in search of solid ground i can't honestly like as far as conversations like i don't really i can't really remember those conversations like basically the way that we worked was like here's a piece of music write the melody to it you know, write some, write some lyrics to it. Yeah. Like, come in with some ideas. And that was basically like, you know, how we, how we did it. I mean, I remember, I remember us practicing and rehearsing, like rehearsing just, you know, we might play like two or three songs just to kind of like get warmed up, but then like jamming Fireflies, you know, working on that song. Yeah. Um, but that, I remember, I remember that, that song specifically jamming that song um, on my own. I remember working on that, like working on that song. Like we just we, we worked we worked differently, but that record was so God, it was so crazy to make, man. Yeah. So when you like, say that, like, what do you what was crazy about it? So we did we just we just did a lot. There was a lot that that we attempted to do, and I think in those attempts that we, that we, you know, those chances that we took within those attempts, like it kind of pushed the game forward a little bit mm-hmm. and made people think, think about how to like expose yourself. I guess mm. that makes sense. Yeah. Like we did, like I would go to Bo, if Bo had a song idea, I would go track it with Bo. Chris had a song idea. I would go track it with Chris. Like, like it just kind of was like that. Yeah. Unless I would, you know, unless like all three of us were together. Um, but like we did rehearsals in this small little like room that was barely big enough to fit us all. And then we went to Hurley and spent like weeks at Hurley doing demos and writing and recording and then we went with Butch Walker it was just we worked with uh, I don't even remember this whole name on uh, Deep Down we worked with this guy Changing we worked with uh, Max Wire and we just John Feldman worked on a couple songs like we were just it was just kind of like all over the place you know 
Like there wasn't like there wasn't like the one dude directing the whole painting. Right. You know what I mean? Like 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 the first record. You know, it was us. It was us going in and working with a bunch of different people, which was really cool. Which I feel like we gained a lot out of. But like, far as well, yeah, I mean, I think it is interesting because you mentioned on that the self-titled working with Howard Benson the whole way through and then in Search of Saw Ground, one of the things I remember about that was that the number of different producers you were working with and the number of different places you were recording. And the album features a lot of different styles and sounds. It's it's hard to even classify it as like one genre. Do you think that that literally came out of having worked with so many different people that so many different versions and sounds of, of Seosin came out of that? Um, I don't really think so. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really say that because at the end of the day, like, the core of Seosin remained the same from record to record. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, like how we, how we wrote, who wrote, and, and how we wrote it, and, and everything, like, that was still the same. Like, you still had, you still had, and Chris and Justin and Alex and me. It's still it's still our our collective brain that make up this entity. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I don't really feel like I don't really feel like it's like that, but like working with just naturally like having having another ear in the room and and another mind working on that painting with you is just gonna have, it's just gonna create a different vibe, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. But you like that, that's kind of why, that is kind of why, like, it might have, it, I mean, it does come off like that, I guess. <laughs> I haven't really thought about it like that. Pretty cool, though. So you were uh, obviously had success with the self-titled and being on a major label at the time. Do you remember anything in terms of the label's involvement during the creation of In Search of Solid Ground? Was there anything? I guess any expectations they had after what had happened with the self-titled. Yeah, absolutely. Well, when you go into bit, when you go into business with a major record label, like yeah, they're gonna they're gonna tell you <laughs> they're gonna tell you things in their most brutally honest form. Like yeah, you don't have the single. We can't put this out. You don't have the single. We can't put this out yet you don't have the single, we can't put this out yet. Mm. But we did have the single, it just wasn't the, it just, it just wasn't the first single that was chosen, you know? Yeah, so the first single ended up being Changing. So are you saying that you collectively had another song that was on that album that you felt like was the first single? I don't know if we collectively, but like, I can't tell you, like I, I vocalized my opinion on it maybe too much. Okay. To to management and to I don't know, like just to management, you know, like yeah. There's nothing I there's nothing there's nothing that you can do, you know. Yeah. Like, or I felt like I I could do other than just at least be vocal, in my in my opinion. Yeah. You know. So <laughs> as little as little as that gets counted for, I mean, it's still like it's still good to know, like you know, ultimately. I was never given the opportunity to be proven right, but like I got to see them proven wrong, you know? So what was the song that you were pushing for? Personally, like I, I, I thought, why can't you see 
should have been the first single mm. off of that record. It was a it was a song like that to me was like <laughs> the pot like like there's another there's a couple other songs on that record where I'm just like, all right, this is still Theosin, but we're pushing we're pushing our our box as far as like direction like what. If you look at if you look at music like like a box like a, a three dimensional box like I consider Theosin to be the name that's suspended within the middle of the box. Mm-hmm. And you can push that box, the boundaries of that box, far in one direction as you want. You know, but it's gonna it's gonna by doing that it's gonna allow you more room to work because you're gonna have a greater space be able to cover right and like we push i feel like with with that record like we we kind of pushed ourselves in like different directions mm-hmm. and it was really cool but i guess you could say that like a pop a poppier sound there was definitely two three songs on that record that, that had a a more poppy rock sound sure why can't you see was my favorite out of those. And to me, it was like, that's about as like poppy as I want to get. All right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like that, that's where I, I, I kind of, I guess, draw the line. <laughs> yeah. If that makes sense. Like, I don't, no, no. I don't feel the need to put out the other two as singles because this one right here, we can sell, in my opinion. Well, one of the as, things, you know, as yeah. a business, because you have to look at your band as a business, but... Right. One of the things about that track specifically is that was... You'd included the demo of that on the Grey EP, and I remember hearing the full version on the album and just thinking, like, shit. Like, they really blew this song out. Like, it... the the it, Even though it's the same song, like, the, the version of it that's on the actual album is just such a... It's just such a good song. It kind of came... It, it was cool to see that track specifically kind of come full circle. Yeah, I, I honestly felt that way too because a lot of when we did those EPs, like like those EPs were those EPs, the, the black and the gray one were so were so good for us. Yeah, to put out because it kind of gave us all right, like a a gauge as far as what do we want to get out of this when we play this live mm, mm-hmm. and second to that what is an interaction whether it's online or more meaning meaningful to to the success of our band what what's what's the uh what's the vibe like right you know what i mean yep so it kind of like it was good. It was good for us to kind of gauge those. I don't think we necessarily knew it in, the, in that moment, but that's what was happening. But like with those, I don't know. With our demos, a lot, a lot of things would always like it, it would go from like feeling seventy five percent most of the time to now feeling a hundred. You know, when we when we ended up recording it. Yeah. But there were the occasional few. Like there were the occasional few on on uh, in search of solid ground that I was like. If we do this any differently, we're screwing this up. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, you know, but that's that's all that's all part of of like the game. Yeah, the game that is the music industry. 
So the album gets finished. It comes out. You actually hit the road for a couple uh, final tours with the band at the time. I think the Pack Tour was one of them. There was one with Mailing and the Sons of Disaster. Talk a little bit about, I guess, the the vibe in the band after that album comes out and, and you hit the road. Like, what do you remember about that time period? Uh, just sucking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I just remember it sucking, man. Like, a lot of things changed after, right before, actually right before we came home um, from the first record. And, you know, like, Looking back, it is what it is, you know? Sure. Like, nothing, nothing you can do now, but, like, a change in code happened, you know? And that, that's on me, you know? Like, I don't know... I don't know what could have been handled differently. I don't know if... I don't even know if, like, things... If things were handled differently, like, if it would have done anything better. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure. it just... It is what it is at this point, but a lot of things changed and and kind of changed the chemistry within like in my body. Yeah, you know, and and uh, my eyes went from like it's almost it's almost like it's almost like going like you can see things pretty good mm-hmm. downrange and up close, you know, but there's just like. There's those like little eye boogers. <laughs> it just, you know, you kind of catch. It just float across your vision sometimes. And like, it was almost like that. Like I had a bunch of those on there, you know? Yeah. Like I could see it, but it was just like, I had to stare longer in order for me to see it. Yeah. And so- like, it just became, I don't know, like the, the thing that I loved became everything that I, that I hated. Or it became everything that I told myself I disliked about Pete, like bands when they go to, you know, they sell out or they like get to, to industry or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's a lot of kids that are like, oh, I sell out. <laughs> <laughs> you sold out. Yeah. Like I remember saying that back in the day, you know, and I, I think that, that it still happens. And, like, I don't think a lot of people, you know, including myself, knew, know how to handle it and know, like, like or even see it, it coming. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I, I would imagine that had to have impacted you at the time and probably even the way people received this album at the time. Because if, like, those were, if those were the feelings and that was the situation, then, I mean, it, it must for you have felt like you maybe never fully got to invest in in that album and, and what happened afterward uh, because of, I no, guess, the way you were feeling? No, don't, don't get me wrong. Like, like I got to invest in that album, every single emotion and feeling that I felt like even, <laughs> even my least favorite song managed to fit the, the, the vibe. Yeah. Like it just, it just managed to fit the vibe, you know? And, and, I got to, like I like I said like I got to I got to get out what what I needed to get out on that record and I think that like I said earlier like the hope that you heard from the first record definitely not nowhere to be found on the second record yeah and like 
it might have if that might have like made a few people a little bit like you know their ears perk up and be like what what is this yeah um, this wasn't what I was expecting um but again like the dudes the dudes in the band gave me all the opportunity to have all the freedom in the world to write my thoughts and get out my thoughts on this record. Yeah. And, and for that, I'm, I'm grateful, you know, like I feel like what we did was pretty cool at the time. And even afterwards, I feel like it's still pretty dang cool. Yeah. Well, again, it speaks volumes. I think the number of people that have had things to share at this 10 year mark. And I know for me personally, it's a, uh, it's an album that, again, I, I think I was probably, I don't know, I at the time it came out, had to work to kind of figure it out. But it's definitely an album now I think so much about like, wow, I'm so glad that we got this, you know, given everything surrounding the album and uh, and everything. The fact that we have this now and can still celebrate it 10 years later is a, is a really cool thing. So um, I appreciate you taking time to kind of revisit some of that. Um, is there anything I missed or anything that you wanted to, to mention in, in closing as a reflection? Mm. I was just thinking, I, I I told the story to the guy who's who's produced the last two uh, Dead American songs and recorded and done you know, a fantastic job. I told the story to him and he goes, have you ever told this story before to anybody? And I'm like, No. He's like, you should do it. <laughs> I don't think I should, man. Oh, man. Myself in some trouble. Like, just don't say anybody's name. Yeah, I, like, like I said about my least favorite song on the record, like, at the end of the day, I'm super proud of, of the song and that it conceptual, was the word conceptually? <laughs> that it, the, the concept of the song fits with the, the the overall vibe of the record but like there was a moment in that in that session where I'm just like I basically walked out and we ended up not working together again oh, so man. it's just uh, I look back and I think about that story and you, most people right now would assume like I hate that record I don't I love that record. I love every story that I have from that record because the first record that we we made taught me what having a real producer was like yeah. and working with somebody who who is like top of the line. You know, it taught me it taught me how to recognize that individual and like the second record just taught me so many different things about the music industry, songwriting, how the game is to be played, all that type of shit nonsense. Yeah. And for that, like, for that, I'm grateful, you know, and the fact that I was able to get out all of, all of the thoughts inside my head that I had between the release of our first record and the, and the recording of, in search of solid ground, like truly, truly a blessing in my life. Like, yeah, I love that I have that record to go back and listen to now. Yeah, um, because I can relive like all of these amazing, you know, <laughs> stories 
in my head, you know, where if there's anything, there's, it's like, the, the biggest thing that makes me proud of that record is that every step of the way, I've vocalized my opinion and, like, at least tried. Yeah. You know, like, I at least gave it 110% when I was feeling at about 15. Yeah. Yeah, you know great. what I mean? Yeah. So it, it just, it's cool. Like it's, it's, it's a cool record to look back on and, and be proud of. And, you know, again, to everybody who, who's listened to Sayotin and who has, whose lives have been changed and for the positive, like, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank yeah. you for, for letting me be a part of your life. And to everybody who shared their stories, like, like hearing those stories to me, like as a as a nineteen year old kid, and as like that's what was it, what was it, what was it, like twenty two, twenty three when when we released the the second record, like as a as a young man, like to be able to connect the way that so many other artists have connected to me, or that I had connected to, like have that like mutual feeling and understanding of like what it is that, that, that I'm saying, like, it, it never thought when I was doing it that that's what was going to happen. And it's, it's really cool to hear all those stories that, that the people have, you know? Yeah. So, well, that's awesome. You. Yeah. I guess. Well, <laughs> thank yeah. you for, for the whole ride. It was pretty damn cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for being so generous with your time today. It was awesome to, uh, kind of look back on that record with you. And again, excited about uh, what's to come for Dead American. Cove, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. Thank you, brother. Thanks for having me. All right. Again, many thanks to Cove for taking the time to talk with us. Uh, just an awesome dude to spend so much time talking about uh, work that he did 10 years ago. Um, obviously, if uh, you are a fan of Cove's work and you have not checked out Dead American, uh, do so if you're a fan of, of if you were a fan of his work in Seos and there's a there's a lot to love uh, with Dead American you can follow them on social media and of course go to deadamerican.com to check out their music and uh, see if they are playing a show near you that is going to do it for this episode of It's All Dead thank you again for joining us uh, if you like the show subscribe on your favorite podcast app and we would love 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 it if you would pull up apple music and leave us a review let us know what you love about the show and uh, what you would like to hear in upcoming episodes uh, that's it thanks for joining i'm cal hawk and we'll catch you next time thanks for listening to the it's all dead podcast if you like what you heard be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app then visit us at itsalldead.com for the latest music news, reviews, and much more.